Hello, this is Jos Parapulle, solution priest and clinical psychologist at Sumedha Center for Psycho-Spiritual Well-Being at Jolly Court with another edition of Psyche and Soul. COVID-19 has led to millions getting sick and nearly 2 million dying worldwide. The pandemic has led to significant increases in stress and anxiety, especially in the context of fear of being infected and in the face of an uncertain and unpredictable future. Social isolation, economic downturn, unemployment and poverty have taken a heavy toll on people's well-being. A painful consequence of all this is an increase in mental illness. Although mental illness is more visible and disconcerting during this distressing time, it is important to focus as we move into the new year on mental health and well-being. Understanding it and looking at measures that foster it can help us avoid mental illness and help us cope with it better if we suffer from it. Mental health is not just absence of mental illness. It is a state of holistic well-being in which the mind, body and spirit function harmoniously and enables a person to live joyfully and productively, finding meaning, purpose and satisfaction in life. It is a state that enables us to thrive, to flourish, to live, live life to the full. This life to the full is characterized especially by healthy interpersonal relationships undistorted cognitive processing, that is perception, interpretation, judgment, etc., balance between dependence and independence, feeling of competence and confidence, playfulness and joy, a sense of contentment, capacity to adapt to change, 
and character virtues like love, hope, altruism, compassion, sensitivity, capacity to endure adversity and loss and suffering without being unduly distressed or disturbed and resilience that is the capacity to bounce back from setbacks. Sister Rosemary is a wonderful example of one who is enjoying mental health and well-being. While I was in a neighboring country for a workshop, I visited a nearby convent where there were a few nuns I knew. While taking tea, the superior of the community told me, Father Jose, you must visit the youngest member of a community. I was taken to an upstairs room where I met Sister Rosemary. She had a beaming smile and her entire face had a glow of joy which lit up the room. She engaged me in pleasant conversation. She was 97 years young. She had been lying in her bed for a few months now. She had to be helped onto a wheelchair for her to move anywhere. Despite her condition, she appeared so happy and fulfilled and had the capacity to make others happy. She had truly grown old gracefully, enjoying a rare experience of well-being in the midst of adversity. There are countless others like Sister Rosemary, religious and lay, who have been able to live happy, graceful lives and enjoy well-being even in old age despite many setbacks and limitations. There are many elements that contribute and which are essential for someone to experience and enjoy mental health. Sonia Lubomirsky, University of California at Riverside Psychology Professor, has calculated through extensive research that 50% of our well-being is determined by genetic endowments, our inborn dispositions, and 10% influenced by environment. The remaining 40% is within our control and depends on the responses we make to our genetic endowments and our environment. So, there is much we can do to enhance our own well-being and that of those around us. In this podcast, I shall focus on the role of supportive social environment in mental health and well-being. When environments are characterized by tension and conflict, these take a heavy toll on mental health. This is true for families and religious communities. Interpersonal conflicts and a lack of warmth and cordiality have a deleterious effect on mental health and well-being. The challenge here is to make sure that our families and communities are places of warmth and cordiality where we mutually support and encourage. It is very important to reach out and support others, especially when they are going through hard times, through empathy, active listening, and sharing resources. One way we create a supportive social environment is by sharing our vulnerabilities and actively listening to and responding to others' pain with empathy and sensitivity. When we share our pain and others respond to us with unconditional love, communion happens. Unfortunately, 
in my view and experience, this kind of disclosure and listening do not happen sufficiently in our religious communities and maybe also in our families. We talk endlessly about business matters and gossip, but we seldom share our inner struggles. Such sharing and empathic listening and responding are needed so much and have to be encouraged and nurtured. Religious communities can set aside specific time for this just like we do for so many meetings and discussions. Families can spend some time over meals or, be or before or after family prayers to do such sharing. This will make a lot of difference to relationships and feelings of belonging both in communities and families. Secondly, acceptance and appreciation. This is essential for our, uh, for our mental well-being that our basic psychological needs for acceptance and appreciation are fulfilled. These, then fulfilled, lead to contentment, feeling good, which builds collaboration and cooperation. Contentment, psychologist Barbara Fredrickson points out, enables us to savor the moment and recent experiences, feel oneness with others and the world around us. This leads to a sense of community and solidarity. Another important need related to appreciation is acknowledgement and encouragement of our giftedness and talents. One of the major reasons for depression, especially among religious women, psychologist Laura Wars, who has worked with many of them, points out, is the feeling that they are not given meaningful assignments where they can utilize their giftedness and have a sense of achievement and accomplishment. Thirdly, presence of basic amenities. Developing a nurturing, supportive social environment requires not only the fulfillment of our basic psychological needs, it also requires the satisfaction for basic physical needs, for food, clothes, decent shelter. So many of our people lack basic amenities. This absence creates a social environment that link, triggers discontent, anxiety, and insecurity, fertile grounds for development of mental illness. We know that mental illness affects the poor disproportionately. Socioeconomic disadvantage contributes significantly to cause, maintain, and exasperate mental illness. We have witnessed the mentally ill homeless on our streets, their illness unrecognized, untreated, and instead being ridiculed, ostracized, and even harassed by people and the police. This is where governments and civil bodies have to play a more proactive role. There has to be serious poverty alleviation programs that will provide the poor and vulnerable decent living conditions. However, each of us as individuals and families and communities can also contribute to enhance the living conditions of the poor people in our neighborhoods. Too often we live isolated and sheltered, quite untouched by the surrounding poverty and even misery, too focused on our individual pursuits. We need to open our hearts to these less fortunate and help them experience a more decent life and have some sense of well-being. For our reflection and prayer, 
Jesus speaks of fullness of life. He said that he has come so that all may have life, life in his fullness. Do we feel that we are experiencing this fullness of life? In what way can we contribute to create a supportive and nurturing environment in which others can experience great mental health and well-being? In sacred scripture, God says, I place before you today life and death. Choose life. How are we choosing and contributing to life instead of death? That is to well-being instead of illness and suffering. What can we do to experience and contribute to the more of life? St. Paul exhorts us, I want you to be happy. What is it we need to do to make 2021 a happy year for ourselves and those around us? We could sit with these questions for a while and attend to the answers that arise within us and spend a few minutes talking to God who deeply loves us and cares for us and has our well-being at heart about our situations, the desires and longings. What would we want from God? What would God want for us? Have a healthy and happy 2021. Thank you for listening.